So, um, says the Gemara, no, regarding um, doing insulation with directly the pot with the mark, I would say that even the sesame seeds, the mark, give enough heat and it would be forbidden to put the pot inside of this type of mark. But the case that Avizera was talking about was a different case. Linian Asuki, Havla, we're talking over there, taking the whole box, where the box, inside of the box was the pot, and placing all that on top of the mark. So for that, you need a much stronger uh, reaction of heat coming up. So on that, there was room to say that radiating heat upwards, only Asuki Habla, the Zeisim Maske Habla, the Shumshim Maske Habla. So only the mark of olives radiates so much heat upwards to be forbidden, and the sesame wouldn't radiate so much heat upwards. So if you are doing Atmana in a box, so you could place the box on top of mark of sesame, not on top of mark of olives. But the pot itself, even on mark of sesame, you couldn't put inside. Now, looking at the footnote number one, they ask a question, what about nowadays? We, we put our pots on top of a, a blech, on top of a heating element. So if it would be forbidden even to put it in, in, in sesame seeds, all the more so you couldn't put it on top of the electric blech. That's for sure giving so much heat to the food. So Tarsus asks the question, how can we do it? So the answer he gives, the first answer Tarsus gives, is because it's a very clear distinction in the stoves that we put the pots on top of them. You will never come to do atmana completely inside of it. So all the materials, all the components that the Mishnah quoted, that the Mishnah spoke about them, are things that you do atmana. The word atmana even means you bury. You literally bury inside of them the pot. But just to place it on top of the stove or the electric thing, it's so not equal that a person won't come if you put on top of there then to do what I explained, to bury it in ashes mixed with coals and come to to steal the coals on Shabbos. Okay, let's move on to the Gemara. Rava Beravizere. It once happened a uh, story when Rava and Ravizera, Ikleu, Neberesh Galusa, they went on a Shabbos to the house of the leader of the generation, the Exilarch. Remember about that position. So they saw that this servant of the of the of the Rosh of the Galus, he was plating a jug of cold water on top of the mouth of a kettle. He wanted to heat the water on the jug. So Nazi Rava Rava gave him a rebuke in an angry way that the, you shouldn't do that. Rabbi Zera asked Rabbi, what is the difference between we know that it's permitted to place um, the Gemara below in page 51 soon is going to say that we can take a kettle of hot water and put it on top of another kettle of hot water that is standing on the stove. So he asked him, what is the difference? Why over there you're allowed and over here you can't? So he said, Omalei, uh, so Amar, he say, he replied, Asam okme kamukim. Over there, what is only permitted is to already take something that is hot to preserve the heat. But aha ulidoikamolid. Over here, by placing this jug of cold water, what he wants is to create a new heat to warm up the water. 
So look in the footnotes, there are two ways of learning this Gemora, and what would be the problem? One of them, the first way that they explain, is that it's not, it's not in a case that the water might come to boil, but nevertheless, it shouldn't be placed over there. Let me remember one thing. Yeah, because we are more concerned by doing that, he might come to do the proper atmana, the proper uh, insulation, uh, which is forbidden. But we are not that concerned as to prohibit that on Friday. Like if you would like to do it on Friday, then that would be okay. But on Shabbos, then that would resemble maybe the possibility of coming to do Atmana. That's why he didn't want them to do it. The second way of understanding what was the problem is that he placed it in a situation that even though he didn't mean to, if he would have left the jug over there, it would have come to boil. Even though he had in mind to remove it before it boils, but that is forbidden. A person is not permitted to put something that is not cooked and liquids, once they're cold, if they, they, they warm up to be yatsoleted, they're going to be boiling. You are not allowed to put them in a place they can't come to, to boil, even if you have the intent to move them before they, get, they, they boil. So that's why a second of understanding why Robert told him not to do it. Let's continue. So the story continues. Adar has the paras the stodar apume de kova. He took his um, turban and he placed it on top of the of the mouth of a jog, and then he anachnatla ilove. He put a ladle on top of it. So what happened is that his turban went, uh, he wanted to cover the jug, but then by placing the ladle on top of the turban, the turban went a little bit and it was touching the water inside of the jug. And again, Nazi Rabba, Rabba again rebuked him. And again, Amalera Vizera, am I? Why, why now you're rebuking him? Why, why is he doing wrong? Amale, Ashtachaz, say, hold on, <laughs> I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm talking, just hold on for a minute, you're going to see what's going to happen. Okay, so they were looking what's going to happen next. So the Sovchazia, deka meatzerle. This servant then went and took out the turban, and he was about, look in the footnote, even though the Gemara said he was squeezing the turban, the turban, but in the footnote they bring that for sure they would have not allowed him to transgress Shabbos. So the servant was about to start squeezing the water that the turban had absorbed. And that would be, look in the footnote, the provision of Libun. So whitening. So to, to, squeeze, to squeeze a liquid from a garment is Libun. Is Mamesh Melacha. So this servant was about to do it, so that's why Rabbi gave him rebuke not to place the turban covering the jug. But again, Rabbi Zera asked him, Omalei, Mashna, Paravanka, why then, what is the difference from using a rag that we, it's permitted to cover a bowl, a, a, a bowl with a rag? And uh, why over there we do it, and over here you're telling me it's forbidden? So Amale, asam lo copy ilave, because in the case of a rag, if the person doesn't really care for the rag, then he won't come to squeeze the water out of it. But over here, the turban is something that the person wants to wear, and if he gets totally wet, he might come to squeeze it out. So Raboy said, this is a halachne maise. If you have a spillage of liquid, whether in your table, in your kitchen, whatever it is, and you want to dry it, you can only use a rag that you don't care if it just remains with all the water, all the liquid absorbed until the end of Shabbos. But any other type of clothing that you might care and you might 
some reason in some point be tempted to squeeze the liquid out of that piece of material that uh, fabric you wouldn't be able to use it now just uh, to end up this alaha there are two ways of understanding this isur let's say you want to cover a jog with that that uh, actually this is the the, the 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 real case of the gemora let's say you have a jug of water and you want to cover it with something so there's two opinions the problem is even without putting uh, like a utensil like a ladle that through the weight of the ladle brings down the the cloth and it's going to get damped so whether with or without there are the two opinions what would be forbidden to do but again uh, it's better in any case only to use some sort of rags that you really don't care if they get damp if they get wet the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah so the Mishnah stated that there are different materials that you cannot do isolation insulation only when they are wet but when they are dry then would be okay so look over here the Ascol brings them to have a tavern but the Ascol adds what the Gemara really means which is going all the way to the fourth not with straw, not with grape, skins, and not with flocking. Okay, so flocking means these fabrics, these uh, bundles of materials, whether wool or cotton or whatever it is. So Bomine Rabada Barmasna Mevaye. So Rabada Barmasna asked from Avaye. Mohin Shetaman Bayen Mao. This bunch or bundle, no, no bundle, bunch. This bunch of uh, things, of uh, materials, flocking. I know uh, I needed to Google the word flocking. It's not such a common word for me, but maybe now you know what it is. So this flocking that somebody did at Mona insulation on Shabbos, Mao et Altelambe Shabbos, after he takes out the pot and he doesn't need any more the insulation, do they become mukse, or you're allowed to move them on Shabbos? So Amale, Abai answered to him, Vehimim nation or Kupa shall Teben, Omedum Afkir, Kupa shall Moichin? Just because this person didn't have at hand a box of straw to do the insulation, well, we're going to say that now he's going to renounce and already be Mafkir, so to say, this flocking to become always used for Atmana. So, what is the problem? And we're going to see also in the following Gemara that this uh, material, this flocking, is really being used for felt to be used to put inside of a pillow or a mattress to, to be the, the, how you can default, the, the inside part of the, of the mattress or the pillow. So therefore, they, they themselves, they don't have an intrinsic value to themselves. They are not considered a vessel. So this is an important concept, and actually this chapter is going to deal with the alakas of mukse and the alakas of isolation. We're going to still continue with mukse as in the end of the previous chapter. So anything that it doesn't have an intrinsic usage on its own, it's, it's, it's mukse. So the question of the Gemara is, maybe if the person already used once this stuff, to do at mana because he didn't have straw so maybe he already designated this uh, how can you call it uh, flung, uh, flocking <laughs> sorry maybe he already designated this flocking to be part of the to be used for at mana and maybe they are not mooks anymore so Abai said no just because one Shabbos he didn't find a straw to do that mana, and instead of that, he used this flocking. We're gonna say that that's it. He won't use any more this flocking to use it as felt for a pillow, for sure not. So since we're saying that he might intend, obviously not on Shabbos, after Shabbos, at some point, to use this as flock for a uh, felt. I'm sorry, to the pillow. So they remain being muksi. Says the Gemara. Okay, you know, maybe the following b'risa is a support for
for Abaye. So the Brisa says the following: Tomim begizay tzemer vetzipay tzemer uveshenoshel argaman uvemoichin. One may do atmana by insulate with wool or with sharings, with wool sharings or with mats that were come of of common wool or with strips of a purple wool and with flocking. So you see specifically in this brisa that somebody is doing atmana with flocking and then says the brisa when metal telling and then it's forbidden to move them. So initially the Gemara understands that we're dealing that after you finish that mana, says the Brisa, you cannot move them. So you see from the Brisa a support for Abaye that they remain Mukse. Says the Gemara, no, Imishuma, Loiri. No. I could really explain this Brisa in a way that there's no support for our case. Because there's room to say, oh, not that the second part of the Brisa is a continuation of the first part, rather, it's two different teachings. That first teaching says you're allowed to use all these to do Atmana. That is the end of the first teaching. And then the Brisa is telling you another Allaha related to these materials. But if you haven't done Atmana with any of these four materials, then you wouldn't be allowed to move them because they are mukse. Says the Gemara, but give me a break. If this is what the Brisa came to teach us, it's obvious. <laughs> you, you're dealing with these materials that they haven't been used for anything, and you need the Brisa to tell me they are mukse. We all know that these materials are mukse. Says the Gemara, no, there's a little bit of a hidush. There was still room to say, that these things that you can just get uh, with your both hands a lot of this stuff and place it somewhere and to lay it, to lay on it to recline on it so maybe because of that they have a, a, a usage on, on Shabbos and therefore they are considered like a vessel and maybe because of that they are not mukse. so Kamash Malan the Bryce I need to let you know that no even if you didn't do Atmana with them, these things are always mukse, and you can never move them on Shabbos. Okay. Now, uh, just because we were talking this uh, uh, flocking, the Gemara is going to tell us another alaha, but not related to the previous topic. Rav Chiza. Rav Chiza, Shara Laduri Udra Leveisadia B'Shabsa. Rav Shiza said that it was permitted to return this flocking, this stuffing, into a pillow on Shabbos. And this wouldn't be Tikkun Mane. Again, Tikkun Mane is Makave Patish. Rav Shiza said, put all this flocking inside of a pillow on Shabbos. It's not, it's not, um, return it, it's not Makave Patish, it's not considered the, the final touch of making a vessel. But Eisve, Rav Hanem Barchiza, Le Rav Chiza, but a rabbi called Rav Hanem Barchiza, I don't know if it was his son, I don't think it was his son, I think the father Rav Hanem was also Chiza, but it's a different Chiza, not the same Rav Chiza. So this Rav Hanem Barchiza challenged Rav Chiza. From the following Braisa, said like this, Matirin Beis at Savar Veshaves, Avalo Poitzchin, but you cannot open it. Say it like this. Look in the footnote number, what is uh, the footnote number 12? That in those days, when you sent the laundry, and let's say you send the shirt, and in those days, I'm just imagining either the shirt or the, uh, uh, how you call it, the um, clock. So they came with a, they had like a, in two sides, something you can make a knot, you can tie, a knot. So says over there, clothing, I'm reading number 12, clothing would customarily come back from the laundry with a collar tied shoot. So because they didn't mean for this to be a permanent knot, therefore you can undo it, untie it on Shabbos. So that is the beginning of the price. But 
the Brisa says, but to take a garment, and let's say you want to make like a poncho. So just to take a complete piece, piece of material and to cut a hole so you can put it on top of your head, like under your head, like a poncho, that is for sure forbidden because you're making a new garment on Shabbos. So that for sure you can't. Continues the Braisa. Uh, and this is exactly the kasha to Rav Hiza. And you, know, you might not place flocking into a mattress. Or into a pillow. Not in Yontov. And it's needless to say, even in Shabbos you can't. So you see... That is forbidden. So Amale Rabhiza replied to him, Lokasha. No. Abe Khodasi Abe Atikei. He said, No, that Braisa is referring to a new one. For, a sh- for sure, on Shabbos, you cannot for the first time build a pillow by taking this flocking and putting it into a pillow, making a pillow. But if you if you had a pillow, and all of a sudden, Shabbos, the inside of the pillow comes out. Since it was already inside of the pillow, it would be permitted just to bring him back to the pillow. And the Indian Gemara brings a Brisa explicitly like Rahiza. Tanina Miyahi says the Brisa, exactly the same thing we just read. One might not place stuffing into a mattress or into a pillow on a yontif. And goes without saying, you cannot do it on the Shabbos. But says the Brisa Nashru, if the, the stuffing was already there and then it just fell out on Shabbos, then you can return it on Shabbos. And needless, needless to say, whatever you can do on Shabbos, for sure you can also do it on Yontif. Omar Abiyu de Amarab. Now, since we already spoke about a garment that comes back from the laundry with a knot. So the Gemara is going to go into this topic, completely out of our on the original topic of Atmana and of Muxi. Omar Omar If somebody opens the neck of a garment that we saw previously to make a new garment, that we liable of a chatas is mamesh, a Torah violation of Shabbos. Maskila Ravkana, Ravkana challenged this, says, Ma benzule megupas ochovis. Why is this different to the case of a barrel, of a cog, that you can open on Shabbos the lid, right? Even if it's completely sealed. You have a new bottle of wine and it's com- the lid is completely sealed on top of the barrel. You can come on Chavez and cut somehow, take out the seal and open the barrel. So he asked, what is the difference between this and what is the difference between taking a piece of cloth and making a hole to use it as a poncho? You know when this can apply? Let's say you are on shul on a, on a Chavez and it starts pouring and you want to go home and you want to use one of those plastic big bags for the rubbish. So you open the big bag and you want to make a hole and you're going to put it on top of you to protect you as a poncho. So why you can't? Why the barrel you can and why over here you can't? So Amale Robe, Robe answered to him, because and because in the case of the material, it's one piece of material. So if you open it, since it's mechubar, it's one piece attached to it, you're making a new vessel. It's mamash creating a new vessel on Shabbos. But in the case of the, can I say keg, in the barrel, even if the lid was attached to it, but is considered a separate part from the barrel. 
the barrel was already a vessel before Shabbos, even though it had the lid on top of it. So you can open it because you're not creating a new vessel. Okay, let's go back to the halachas, the, the bonded things. Rami So Rabbi Irnia is going to bring two teachings that seem to contradict one another. The first one, Tnan, we learn in the Mishnah, Shalal Shel Kopsin. So look in the footnote, in the footnote number four. This is, uh, it was a practice of professional laundrymen to loosely uh, stitch together small articles of clothing so they would not become lost in the wash. So they would take, let's say you send your underwear to the laundryman. And you send 10 pieces of uh, underwear. So they would take a needle with some thread and they would stitch all of them together. Instead of throwing your 10 pieces of underwear separately, they would tie them and if when a big piece together and throw it to the laundry. So that Ashkel translates as articles of clothing loosely stitched together by launderers. Okay? So either that or Shasheles Shel Maftechos or a keychain. We're going to see later on the footnotes that seems to be the Rashi didn't have these three words Shasheles Shel Maftechos. But it's the same principle. And even if you have a garment that its pieces have been sewn with a thread of sharpness, that obviously you're going to have to remove it. It was with a linen thread and, and, and the material of the garment was wool. So right away the person is have to undo the, 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 the garment or uh, no, this, this was the third. The third thing says the, the Mishnah, So because they are uh, sewn together, they are allegedly considered one garment, and they are joined together for tuma. That means to say that if one of the articles becomes tame, the rest are also going to become tame. Now, let me just tell you something to bring up here in the footnotes, and we spoke about it previously. Utensils, they don't contaminate one another by contact. Let's say I have my cup. And let's say my cup became Tumas Mess, become Tamedic. Just one vessel touching another vessel, it doesn't transmit Tuma. Vessel only acquires tuma by avatuma. So if you have a human being that he has avatuma, he became tuma of tuma's mess, and he touches the vessel, then the vessel becomes tummy. But touching vessel to vessel, this doesn't transmit tuma to another vessel. So this Mishnah that says that these examples of things that were tied together, that if one of them becomes tummy, the rest becomes tame. It's not because they were touching one another. It's because they are considered one piece. And that's going to be the cash of the Gemara. So we see from this Mishnah that these garments that were tied together just to wash them, they are considered one piece. And that's why if one becomes tame, the rest becomes tame. Then let's just continue the Mishnah. Until the person begins to separate them. So once the laundryman, the laundryman starts separating all the garments, or in the case of the shadness garment, once he starts removing the linen thread uniting all the wool pieces of the garment, then he already shows that he doesn't want them to be together, and then if only one of them becomes tame, the rest wouldn't become tame. Okay? So this is the Mishnah. So says Rabbi Alma. So we see from this Mishnah, that even when, not even, but when the person is not working on them, 
the Mishnah says that they are considered a connection. Okay? So, um, we're going to see in a different Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Michael Sheyad, Shasayad Le Kurdom. Somebody took a stick and he just made it into the, the handle of an axe. Now we're referring not when it's done permanently. Because if we if we would be talking uh, a piece of wood like the ones we buy in the hardware store with a proper axe or patish or hammer that it come with a piece of wood as a handle that it's already being designed to be permanently part of the metal and therefore it's considered one with, with, with the hammer or with the axe now you're gonna see in the footnote what happens if you have a, an uh, extended piece of wood that it doesn't have like a vessel it's not has like a container it's not considered a vessel to become a tummy only if it's attached to a metal piece and serves the purpose of a metal piece then that also can acquire tumor so the Mishnah is explaining regarding a stick of wood that was used for the hand of an axe but not on a permanent basis so says the Mishnah is considered joined for a, for a purposes of a is going to is going to be connected uh, to the metal to be able to receive tuma only when the person is using it the axe for working so from here says ya ravirmia why according to this second mishnah even when the person is not working with the axe why in this example when when the person is not working with the axe the piece of wood is not longer part of the axe and therefore it doesn't become tame and why in the first mishnah we saw as long as the person the laundryman hasn't started taking the pieces apart even while he's not washing them as long as they are together if one gets tame the rest gets tame so that is the question so Amalei, so Rabbi Zera answered to, to Rabbi Ilmi. Awesome. In the case of the handle, if he's not working with the axe, so the person wouldn't keep together the stick of wood to the metal part of the axe. He just would take it out and throw it with the rest of the sticks. So therefore, it's not considered one piece, the wood, together with the metal. But in your case of all these pieces of laundry, even after, when he is not doing any more laundry with all, all these pieces, he's happy they're all together. Why? If they would become again dirty, he can just take the whole bunch together and throw it again into the washing machine. So it's basically like a technical difference, but this is the principle. It's like a very simple principle. As long as a person still wants things to stick together, they are considered one piece. But once a person is planning to separate them, then they, don't, they are not allegedly considered anymore one piece so the Gemara is going to continue in this halacha but he's going to tell us like this that Besura in the city and in the yeshiva of Sura they taught the following teaching that the author of the following teaching was Rav Chisa but in Pumbedisa which was a different city with a different big yeshiva, they would teach the following teaching, but they would say the author of the following teaching was Rabakana. 
Another say, no, was neither Achisa nor Rebekana, was really Rob, the one that said the following. Man Tanelea Milsa de Amorabanan. Who can be the Tana, the sage of the Mishnah, that taught the following principle in the Mishnah? Whenever you have something attached to a thing, it's considered one and the same as the thing. Like, who, who is, like in the previous case of the garments of the launderer, that because they are attached by a string, they are all together considered one thing. And if he, even if only one becomes tummy, the rest become tummy. And on that, Omar Rav, who is the Tana? Rabbi Meir is the famous Tana Rabbi Meir that we find him in the following teaching. There's none. It says in the Mishnah, Beis Apach, Ubeis Atavlin, Ubeis Aner, so Shebakira. So remember the word Kira. Kira is the name of chapter 3. We just finished it yesterday. And that's why yesterday we say Adran Allah Kira. Kira is a stove. Remember. So in those days, they have a stove and attached to the stove, out of convenience, they had little vessels that you can keep things inside of them. So these are these three things. So one of them would be a flask receptacle, or a spice receptacle, or a lamp receptacle attached to the kira. So it's not that it was part of the stove. It's not that were manufactured and that's the, the, the way they came from the, from the factory, like one piece. No, this was like an addition thing to the stove. Nevertheless, says Abimeir, if something became tame, whether the kira became tame or whether these receptacles became tame, everything became tame. Okay? But only when it became tame through contact. But if any of these became tame through the airspace, so we saw last week, I hope you're able to review Parashas Shmini, even though we didn't read in Shul. Over there it brings the Tuma of the eight Shratzim. We have we spoke a, a, lo a lot regarding them already in Shabbos. So if one of these Sheretz died, uh, somehow the dead animal of these Sheretz, this reptile, whatever you call it, is floating inside of the vessel, but is not touching the walls or the floor of the vessel, just in the air. So if it's an earthenware vessel, it captures the tumor through the air. This is worse than the virus, because our virus, they say, is not airborne. But the tumor, if it goes inside of the walls, even in the air, everything becomes tummy. So Rabbi Mer says, if you have this uh, receptacle attached to the stove, only if the tumor touched either of them, the whole thing becomes tummy. But if the tumor was floating, only the part that was floating becomes tame, but the other part wouldn't become tame. This is the way Rabbi Meir. Let's just finish uh, two more lines over here. Rabbi Shimon Matir. But according to Rabbi Shimon, no, just because one part became tame, the other part wouldn't become tame. So that's why this answers what we asked initially. Who is the opinion that when things are together, they are considered one to become Tame? It's Rabbi Meir. According to Rabbi Shimon, they are not one. And if one becomes Tame, the other one doesn't become Tame. Now, just to end up today, the Gemara asks the question. We understand Rabbi Shimon. We understand Rabbi Shimon that he doesn't maintains 
that these receptacles are one with the kina. They are not. And that's why if one becomes impure, the other one doesn't become impure. But Rabbi Meir, what is uh, this, uh, this, excuse me, the expression, just to understand it, what is half a baked potato? So why? If, according to Rabbi Meir, you are considered these receptacles as one unit together with the storm, so even through air, if one becomes tame, the other one also should become tame. They love Kikilalamo, and if they are not considered one with the stove, even by touching, if one becomes tame, the second one should become tame. So the Gemara says, You're right. So what happened is like this in a Torah level, everybody agrees they are not considered one. These receptacles are not one with the stove, according to the Torah. But Rabbana no the Gazubeu. But it's only rabbinically that the Chochamin said, let's consider one uh, in, in terms of Tuma. So the Gemara asks, if Gazubeu, if rabbinically they are considered one, so afilu so even when it becomes impure through the air, everything should become Tamur. So the Gemara says, no, the Chachamim made a recognition to make it clear that they are different. That is only rabbinical. For a person, ah no, I'm still in this page. I thought I had gone to 49. No, let's, let's continue. We're in 48 still. Okay, sorry about that. I'm getting confused. Let's continue. So says the Gemara, Chachami made a, a distinction mark to realize that it's only rabbinical. So even though rabbinically is going to be impure, but Chachami made a distinction for people to realize that it's not a tuma diorisa, it's not a complete, complete impurity from the Torah. And that's why they said, if he became impure by touching, the whole thing is impure. But if, 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 if it's only through the air, only what the, the, the part that became inside of it in the air is impure, not the other one. For them to know that when they said that if he touched, the other part is only impure, it's only rabbinical. And if it's only rabbinical, if things touch that part that is only rabbinical impure, like food, that food gets contaminated through a vessel, but if no, it's only rabbinical for them to know not to burn it. Because either truma or kochim, uh, truma or things from the sacrifices, you can only burn them if they become impure in a Torah level. But if they, come, if, if, they, if they became impure in a rabbinical level, you are not allowed to burn them. So by making this di distinction, people know that it's only a rabbinical tumor and they will, won't burn it, they're just going to leave, leave it suspended and then finally throw it out. Okay, so let me continue. I got confused. I thought I went already to 49. Let's continue, 48b. So Tano Rabbanan, Misparishel, Prokim, scissors made out of two sections. That meaning to say, when people are not are not using those scissors, they split them into the two different parts and put them uh, aside, but separated. So if you have those two two, two types of scissors made out of two sections, or ismal shell reitini, or you have the blade and the handle of a carpenter's plane. So I send you the picture because I don't know what it was. So if you saw the picture, if you can see it now, it's something that the carpenters use. So we're talking in a case with the blade and the, the blade and the handle are made to be removed from the rest of the plane. So in those 
type of uh, objects. So it's Hebrew Letuma. They are considered attached that if even one part of them touches Tuma, the rest also becomes Tame. But then Hebrew Leazo. But they are not regarded as one vessel that if you sprinkle the waters of the Paraduma on one of the parts for also the other part to become Taol. So again, you have these scissors that are made out of two parts that you ensemble and put them apart. So when they are ensembled, if only one part of them touch the Tuma, we say that also the other one becomes Tame. And again, it's not because they were in touch. Remember, a vessel doesn't transfer Tuma by touch. We say if one part becomes Tame, the other part is Tame because we consider them one vessel altogether. But nevertheless, says the, what is the Mishnah, that is a Braisa. But if you sprinkle, sprinkle them to become pure with the water of the ashes of the red heifer. And, but the water of the ashes only touched one of them and not the other one. They are not considered one vessel. And only the one that the water touched becomes taor, pure, and the other one is going to remain tame. Fashtate, as you say in Africans, understand? So the Gemara is going to question Miman Shach. This makes no sense. If Shlomo Melech couldn't understand, even he couldn't understand the, the Lachos of Paraduma, this is even, even, even more, more not understandable. Since the Gemara Minavshach, in whichever you want to try to understand, it makes no sense. If you consider these two different parts, when they are together, to be one, so they should be one even for the Azar, for the sprinkling, to become pure. Beloved and if they're not considered one, one uh, vessel, so So even for impurity, it shouldn't be considered one vessel. Okay? So Rabbi answers, Omar Rabbi, Tvartoira. So yeah, this is, this is the answer. According to a Torah level. So Bishas Melacha Chibur, Ben Letumo Ben When people are using them, whether the scissors or the carpenters um, thing, plane. So when the person is working with them, according to the Torah, they are considered one vessel altogether for both to, to, to become Tame or even to become Taur, pure through the sprinkling. But when you are not working with them, even if they happen still to be together, they are not considered one vessel. Neither for getting impure or for become pure through the sprinkling. This is what I thought previously we had. So let's go to 49.1, just the very top paragraph. So says Robert, but Chachami made a decree that even when the person is not working with them, should become impure, meaning to say they would be they would be considered one vessel together, even when they are not working on them. As a protection that when a person is working with them, over there for sure they would both become tame. So for people not to get confused, when it comes to becoming pure, Chachamin said, they're always going to become impure, whether you're working with them or they're not working with them. That is regarding becoming impure. Now, regarding becoming pure was the other way around. The and regarding the sprinkling to become pure, they made a decree, that even when you are working with them, that according to the Torah, the sprinkling should help for both pieces of the vessel, Chachamin said, no, it won't be, the, the second part won't become pure. Why? As Akzeira Atakana, that when a person is not working with them, 
that the, the sprinkling only helps for one of the parts that touched the water. So Hachamim said, since the other part won't help when you are not working, so they make a decree that even when you are working, we're going to say that the other part didn't become pure. So what happens is we always are going lechumbra. We all, we're always going to take the stringent position. So when it comes to Tuma, even when you are not working, that according to the Torah, the other part should become impure, we're going to say it became impure. And when it comes to purifying, we're going to say even when you are working, that they are considered one vessel together, we're going to say that they're not. As a protection, that when you're not working, not to come to think that they were one, one vessel. Shukar, gentlemen. So, are you okay to do tomorrow morning at 7.30? 7.30 a.m. tomorrow morning? Friday? But remember, it's Rosh Chodesh. 7, 7.30. Or you want to do 8? You want to do 8? Or it's too early for you? Maybe I'll, I'll go through the recording. Okay. I'm learning till 10.30. Oh, no, no, that's already too late. Or you prefer doing 8 a.m.? Huh? Sorry? Anthony, can you hear me? Or you want to do 8? Because it's Rosh Chodesh, we have to do Halil and Musaf. What about doing 8? Oh, 8 o'clock. I can Anthony. manage for me. Huh? Yeah, you got a deal. Anthony, what do you say? Eight's fine. Eight. Have a good night, everyone. And see you at eight o'clock plenary tomorrow with Zatashem. That's lucky. Cheers, all the best.